Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Now, 
ran into a couple of people that threw their nose up. And uh, man, oh man, oh man. He said he was so happy to be able to say, oh, you want me now? No, you didn't want me when I was riding my bike. He said, I'm the same man. You know, so, you know, sometimes we blow our chances because we're just looking in one direction and we don't know where God, you know, is going to send this man from. Okay. Well, they say, hmm, that you refuse to go out. Yeah. You know, you got to go out. And, you know, it, that that's like a two-way street. You know, all we talking, you can't find a man because you don't leave the house. Well, that ain't going to help. Uh, you got to be foul. Okay? And we're talking about whether after you, you know, get a man, can you keep him? Because now you want to stay in the house? No, you got to make yourself available in so many ways. You know, you really got to see not only that, you really, like I said, you really, I started to say, you really got to see what he's about. Now, if you constantly staying in the house, then what you saying? Mm, no, that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. You're hanging with the wrong crowd. You know, <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I pulled this one yesterday, you know, I looked at this, this line. You know, you're hanging with the wrong crowd. And I thought about how many times I've seen a cluster of women. And whatever the women were doing, you know, whether they were cackling or whether they were flirtatious or whether, you know, they were doing this or that, young or old, young or old, I re- I, you just look at the group like that. No one gets singled out. Now, you know, you see on TV where a man is looking in a crowd of women and, you know, he has his eye on that one. Well, that don't happen too often. No. Because when you look in the crowd, everybody looks the same. You don't look no different. You're different. You look no different. And, you know, we are supposed to be the peculiar individual. So how are we peculiar looking the same? All right. And if you look peculiar, you want to look peculiar in the right way. You don't want to look all strange in the wrong way. Okay. So let's get this together, ladies. Don't destroy your chances. You know, don't, you know, have your prayers up to God for a man and you are sabotaging your own chances of finding someone good. All right? All right? Well, we couldn't have a proper Wednesday if we did not have our switch tip with Shanti's Stop Entertaining Bad Conversation. And here we go. You know, same premise. 
you know, stop entertaining, you know, the, the, the conversation even in your head. Sometimes you're your biggest obstacle, you know, and how many times have we blown an opportunity because, you know, people are just not saying the right thing. And, you know, speaking of which, Shanti's, stop entertaining that dodo bird. Yeah, stop entertaining that dodo bird. Stop entertaining those bad conversations. You know, sometimes we just get into conversations that really are just, you just ask yourself, now, why am I talking to you? (laughs) And any time it's unproductive, you know, let, let me help you remind. Let me help remind you of something. My mind is kind of going everywhere today. So let's talk about it Tuesday. So I got like a million things on my mind. It seems like I'm jumping around a little bit, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm pretty consistent. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just follow Pastor Steph. Just follow Pastor Steph. Listen, when you're having conversations with me, I want you to remember you only got 24 hours in a day. And I need to ask myself periodically during the day, what have you done today to please God? And we only got 24 hours in a day. And most of us don't get a whole lot of sleep. When you get older, you learn to live on less sleep. That means that every moment of your day needs to be productive in this kingdom of God. Now, I don't mean you need to stand out on the corner and yell, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But everything you do needs to be productive in the kingdom of God. So let's just say you have a, a job. Oh, you have that job. You're going to do the job. You know, you may be talking to people if you're in customer service or something like that. And customer service goes a long way. Don't get all twisted. Somehow answer no switchboard. Couple, you know, you you go throughout the day. How are you praising God? How are you blessing God? Even in your regular everyday job, you need be need to be a blessing in this kingdom, even on your everyday job. God's people got to be everywhere, and like I said, it doesn't mean that you got to be saying Jesus, Jesus, Lord, Lord, but it does mean. That you need to be a blessing to whoever it is on the other end of that phone. So, when you have your other conversation, you know, the conversation that you don't really have to have, you really need to make sure it's that same level of blessing God. If I'm spending my time arguing with you all the time, if I'm spending my time debating all the time, that God is not really getting a whole lot of glory out of that. And I, you know, God has had, you know, He has me in a, in a, in a phase of, and I don't mean moan momentary phase, but you know, I'm in a different, a different time of my life where every conversation I have has to be productive. 
like I said, it doesn't have to say God, Jesus, Lord, Redeemer, and all of that. But I need to know when I walk away from that conversation that God was pleased with that. Did you give me this day, Lord, for me to waste it? Now, there's going to be times that we have like little either chitter chat. But now, make sure you stop entertaining those bad conversations. When you see that conversation going pretty bad, badly, just kind of bring it to a close. Because, you know, Shanti said something real interesting yesterday. She said, you know, I don't need to have a conversation with you where you take me back to being in a zone that God has brought me out of. So in other words, you know, God says don't keep company with angry people. And sometimes, do you know people will talk to you to silently and secretly, you know, ignite that spark in you? Yeah, you don't realize it. You're thinking, you know, I'm just talking about this, or I'm just talking about that. But they're they're tempting. They're tempting you. Yeah. You know, how many times people have said, I'm going to play devil's advocate. No, 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 you won't with me. No, no, no. Because most times when you play devil's advocate, you're just trying to throw something on the other side again to kind of throw me off my game, to try to get me rerouted, you know, into believing and thinking and doing and saying, no, you ain't got that kind of power over me to play devil's advocate, whether you literally say it or you don't. Let's talk about it Tuesday. No, you're not going to keep me entangled in a conversation that the enemy needs me in. Because that same conversation time that I'm spending with you, I actually could spend with someone else and get that name of Jesus across the table. Yeah, that's the goal. The goal is not to entertain you and your nonsense. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't have any time to waste on you. So, stop. Stop. Please stop. Stop, stop, stop entertaining bad conversations. Okay? Okay. Whew. Well, it is Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. And I've got some stuff to talk to you about today. I ran up on a couple of articles. I was like, no. No, 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 no. So I mean, right here. So, oh, go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and uh, tell somebody that it's due time where Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go nowhere because we'll be right back. January is National Stalking Awareness Month. Did you know nearly 1 in 6 women and 1 in 17 men have experienced stalking at some point in their lifetime? Stalking is defined as engaging in a course of conduct directed at a specific person that will cause a reasonable person to feel fear for their own safety or cause them to suffer substantial emotional distress. Stalking victims often feel scared, angry, annoyed, isolated, and are confused. The majority of stalking victims are stalked by someone they know. Many victims are stalked by a current or former intimate partner or by an acquaintance. 
Stalking can include electronic forms of communication, including texting or social media. Stalking in any form is not okay. It is a crime in all 50 states, the District of Columbia, and U.S. territories. If you feel you may be a victim of stalking, have questions, or need to make a report, contact FSCJ Security or the Title IX office. If you are in imminent danger, call 911 or the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. Entertaining you. 
I don't know you, and I have really gotten in the habit of, how did you come across my page? No, no. How did you come across? There was a, a guy who friended me on the other side of the fence, and when I looked, all his friends were black women. No, see, we got. I got a problem. <laughs> I got a problem with that. I don't know about y'all. But Stephanie has a problem with that. I was like, oh, no, he's going to stay right there. He's going to stay right there. You know, and I do understand that, you know, based on what I do, the design is to draw people. However, come on, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, men and women, young and old, good and bad, Smart and not so smart. <laughs> you know, we got to be smart about this thing. You know, and I'm sure I'm, I'm no, and 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 most of them are saying now, well, you kept coming up on my um, friend suggestion or people you may know, and that's what happens. I keep telling you that the listens are increasing as the listens are increasing. And I'm picking up more friends from, let's say, the the guests that come on. I'm I'm actually now I'm, my face and my profile and my page is actually coming up more often. So you're going to attract the crazies as well. So you're going to attract the crazies in the nation of the United States, and you're going to attract the crazies in the world. And. Uh, I'm noticing I'm I'm picking up a lot of males, a lot of, um, you know, people that I don't know. And one of the things I always watch for are mutual friends. So when I see mutual friends, I'm more prone to, to you know, accept your friend request but this what I'm telling you, watch these conversations because I, I'm serious. Just like, you know, uh, one one guy, he texts and, you know, um, I think you're beautiful. I ain't even bother. I ain't even bother. You'll, you'll know. What, what, what's beauty? On the outside? Because that, we, did we just get finished talking about that? What they got to do with anything? You know, I don't even say thank you. No, it's okay. It's okay. One guy just gave the thumbs up. You really gotta, you really gotta be careful. You cannot just entertain these people, you know, because you want to be nice. You know, you don't want to be rude. Yeah, there's there's a level of discernment that that needs to, uh, you know, hit the table, and I'll need to be conversing with you. So so. Here's what I've also done. Have you listened to the broadcast? <laughs> yeah. You want to hear me? You, listen, you, I have 825 episodes. You ain't got a word about what Stephanie is talking about. Because uh, when, we when we were doing the ladies, it was an hour and a half. You got either an hour and a half episode or you got two episodes um Two-hour episodes, you can listen to Stephanie all day and night and hear about the Lord. I have guests. I'm not the only one talking. So you get to, I mean, you get a whole plethora of information, conversations, laughs, 
angry, you can get angry, you can cry. You know, yeah, we can do a whole lot together. And I don't have to say a live word to you. So that's that's another thing I've been Oh, how'd you come across my page? Oh, did you did you see, you know, a, a broadcast that you might be interested in? All of them have titles. Yeah. So, you know, even that, you know, we're talking about this stalking awareness month. You know, today's the last day, and it doesn't mean that January 31st ends the stalking. But, you know, we spent a month just reminding you of, you know, people who are watching you and stalking you. And, again, we've heard, we've heard, uh, we've done stories about the stalking. So, you know, people may be nice, but in the back of their head, they got another agenda. So if I don't entertain you in the conversation, then guess what? I ain't got to worry about you, you know. A lot of times stalking me because you're going to be bored. You're going to be bored. You're going to be real bored. You ain't going to want to talk to me because you ain't going to have no conversation. So you're going to move on to someone else. So, you know, we, we we need to keep our prayers lifted for people who haven't caught on to this yet. It's important that we share this information. It's important that we remind people, don't get caught up in the okey-doke. Don't get caught up in I, I'm not one for no Internet dating. That ain't Stephanie. That ain't never been Stephanie. That ain't never been Stephanie. Never been Stephanie. It's just, it's just too... Uh, and I'm, t- you know, there were people who have fallen in love, and you know, they are successful in their relationship, and they've been real blessed. And you, mm-mm, mm-mm. remember the woman who uh, dated the man, and then he relocated and joined the church and killed her. Remember that? Yeah, stalking. So let's be smart. Women and men of God, let's keep our antennas up. Again, let's not fall for the okey-doke. Let's make sure, you know, keep them conversations to a bare minimum. And you don't know, you know, again, if you're in ministry, you don't know where God's going to send them from. But you know what? Just direct them to your ministry online. Let them hear about the Lord. You want to hear about the Lord? And that's what I always tell the young ladies in the church. If this man don't want to know, you have dedicated your life to God. If they don't want to know about the God you serve, don't even bother. Don't even bother. Don't even bother. If they don't want to know, I'm telling you, these the ladies that come to this church they're in it. They're fighting. They're struggling. They're pushing. They're growing. They're learning. If you get somebody's talking to you and he ain't doing none of that, what you want with him? He could be a potential stalker. And people stalk your life in many, many ways. So be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. Don't entertain, and I'm sure Shantice has given us some other, you know, uh, switch tip, talked about what we shouldn't entertain 
We'll stop entertaining those bad conversations because now we're ending up possibly picking up people we don't want, people we don't, you know, intend to. Oh, now when you're ready to drop him or her, you can't drop that. No. Mm-mm. See, it's all in how much information you've given. It's all in how much time you didn't gave, how much information, how much uh, laughter. No, no, no. Like I said, how you want to be my friend, you ain't got a life. One of the things that, you know, God has me do when I even choose these guests, I don't just pull up a name and I just, you know, invite them. I actually go through their Facebook page. I actually go through their Facebook page. What what are you posting? Who are you? What what are you posting like all kinds of things? Because if you're posting all kinds of things, you ain't supposed to be on this broadcast. You need to show me something. So come on, everybody. Let's get this done. Okay? Listen, it's going to talk about a Tuesday. We're talking about this thing, and we're talking about the fact that it's January 31st. I remember us saying, you know, like, oh, my goodness, 2023 is here. And already we're into the 31st day of January. So, welcome to his due time with Pastor Steph. <laughs> Let's get this story on. What are we talking about today? Hmm. Wow. Let me see what this says here. Well... Hmm, I want to talk about something juicy. All right, let's start here. Let Now, okay, this might be a little graphic for some people, but, you know, I think, was it Shanti's? Somebody said something to me um, recently about, oh, it was Shanti's. She said to me yesterday, thank you. And she said, thank you for being my mommy. And she started talking about another person who had another type of mother. And this 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 this, this mother, quote, unquote, loves her children. And, <laughs> you know, a lot of times we have these, conversations because you get to see a comparison of one side to the next. And she was able to look at, you know, this love from this mother and see that it was an unhealthy love and appreciate. And I think a lot of times that's what God does. He presents us with the other side of the fence. You know, this is how you could live. So this little story here is very, very short. As, I, as a matter of fact, I just happened to look at a highlighted line that says this article is more than nine years old. Well, I'm not going to not talk about it. I didn't pull it up already. And, again, don't look at the more graphic side of it. Look at the fact that thank God for freedom. 
And this is an article about an eight-year-old girl, and she lives in one of the countries that sell their children, and they set up dowries and things like that, because this is the only quote-unquote way they can, you know, live. You know, they're, they're, they're these poor families, and, you know, they're marrying off these girls, You know, remember, we've done stories of, you know, families, parents selling their children off because that's the only way they could eat or, you know, they ended up eating the children. They chose a child to eat because that's the only way they could survive. And, you know, in Africa, this is a big thing here. So although it's nine years old, this particular story, we've talked about this stuff. Well, You know, so listen, put your phone put your phone down for a minute and pick it back up in a couple of minutes. They talk about this little 8-year-old girl who was sold to a 40-year-old man. And um, on the night they got married, she died. Why? Because he had sex with her like he would any other 40-year-old woman. And unfortunately, he ruptured, you know, several things. And internally, her organs, her reproductive um, uh, shaft, if you will, and she died. And I started off saying, look at how blessed we are. We don't live in a country where we don't have options. We don't live in a country where it's okay um, to, you know, marry someone, you know, when you're a child. You know, we don't live in a country that, you know, turns its back pretty much. I mean, they may not do a whole lot in, in some instances, as we've seen, but I, I, I saw this and I was like, wow, look at how blessed we are. And I think we need to think of things like this more often and say thank you to God. I think we need to, you know, look at the other side of the fence. You know, how are people living in another country and we take what we have for granted. I mean, we might, you know, have to live under a jacked-up government, but, Lord, it ain't that bad. It's not that bad where we don't have options. And, you know, every day I close this showdown, I always say, you know, (laughs) give God your life. Because I'm going to tell you something. That's the only thing. That's the only thing that keeps most of us from suffering at the level that we could suffer. So, you know, you want to make sure that, you know, you are understanding who God is, what kind of control he has, how when you fall in the favor of God because, you know, he's taking care of you in a certain way because you're one of his, you know, I advise you to jump on this side of the bandwagon. 
I really do because you know this is this is something that a lot of a lot of young girls suffer with, and to think that you know this is what you're doing for survival. You know, we talk about surviving one way and mm, surviving on another way is something completely different. Completely different. <sighs> what else are we talking about here today? We have another story here of, hmm. Did we talk about online dating this morning? Yeah, I don't want to talk about that story. There's another story I would, I'd prefer to talk about. Hmm, all right. Oh. Not prefer to talk about, but... You know... <laughs> we talk about options. We talk about how we have to deal with, you know, life and things like this. And, you know, it makes me wonder, some people kind of going back into their childhood and, you know, paying people back for things that they may have done to them. Well, this woman in Brooklyn, she uh, attacked 61-year-old Carlo Secondino and her sister, well, Carlo Secondino was her father. And they say that he was asleep in the living room and his daughter attacked him. And she hit him with a hammer and stabbed him with a kitchen knife. She also attacked the 19-year-old sister because when the sister heard the commotion, she rushed in and tried to intervene, and she suffered a stab wound to her body, face, and her hands. And she initially told the cops, this woman, she initially told the cops that someone had broken in and attacked all of them and had sexually assaulted her. And when they did the investigating... They found out that that wasn't true, and they ended up um, charging her with second-degree murder, second-degree attempted murder, first-degree assault, and fourth-degree criminal possession of weapon, and she's being held without bail, and if she's convicted, she can get 50 years to life. Now, here we are. Again, we don't know what the situation is. We don't know. We don't know if something happened when she was younger. We don't know if, you know, there was drugs involved. We don't know if there was some level of hatred or envy. We have no clue. So, you know, when we're talking about going back, you know, and in, in your childhood and, you know, getting flashbacks and, you know, something happened because the man was asleep. So there had to be something that was going on in your mind, something that happened that made you behave like this. 
So, you know, we, <laughs> again, how blessed are we? How blessed are we where we we don't have these concerns? Or have you gone through something in your childhood, which we talk about quite often here on this due time, and yet the God has dealt with you. There's been some healing, and you don't have to worry about, you know, going back, you know, and 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 getting some revenge because God has already healed you. Amazing. Amazing. God is amazing. And we need to think about the fact that God is amazing. And how he's dealt with us that we don't have this particular issue. We're not going to jail for committing a crime. Well, we did think about, you know, and God has not, we have not allowed God to heal us. And we're walking around with this anger and hatred. And this wasn't you. You know, we always pray and thank God that this wasn't me. How many times, you know, you didn't held, you know, now, now all of this stuff you didn't bottled up and you walking around and you think you fine, but you ain't fine. And that could have been you. That could have been you. You know, it could have easily been you. So, you know, Pastor Kale and I talk, uh, you know, talk a lot of times, and we say, "Thank you for God." The times God said no, you know, and it was for your benefit that He said no. Thank you for the times He says no. It's not going to be you. You know, you don't know why it's not going to be you, and it's somebody up the block. It wasn't you in Queens, but it was somebody in Brooklyn. It wasn't somebody in Staten Island. It was somebody in Jersey. Why wasn't it you? So, you know, again, looking on that other side of the fence, being grateful for all that God has done, all that God has said, all that he has blocked you from, man, man, oh, man, oh, man. Hmm. There's a story that I thought I saved, and I'm really unhappy right now because I really wanted to talk about this story. So, okay, so I'm going to have to go off the top of my head. But before I do that, I want to talk about how we don't always get away with things. So most times when there's a drunk driver um, incident or drunken driver incident, he always or she always end up killing somebody else and she walks away, he walks away from it. It's never their family. Well, 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 well. We have a guy, and I may, maybe you've heard this. I don't know how, you know, uh, popular this was on the news. So, there's a guy, Adam, Adam 30, who decided he was going to drink and get behind the wheel of a car. They don't necessarily say, because sometimes they'll say like how fast they were going, 
and things like that. But it was him, his fiance, 23, and again, he's 30, fiance, 23, and she's pregnant. And they decide to go out, and he drinks. They don't say how drunk he was. They don't say how fast he was going again. However, they ran into one horrific accident. When I tell you horrific, I'm telling you it was 4.45 a.m. And he lost control of his car. And it's, it's, they say it smashed into a barrier. When I tell you the car is literally split in half. You can actually, as Pastor Steph is talking, you can actually go and look at this on the internet and pull up pregnant fiance died. Drunken driver accident. The car is split in half so bad can I tell you, first of all, it doesn't even look like a car. It doesn't even look like a car, y'all. I bet I tell you it don't even look like a car. It don't even look like a car. You can't even tell it was a car. But let me tell you how bad this accident was. It says that the pregnant fiancé who was riding in the car when the car split in half, she was found at the intersection. It says her severed leg was found 20 feet past her body, and her unborn child was ripped from her body and was also found 20 feet past her leg. So that means the baby was 40 feet from where she was. The baby was not in her arms. The baby was not in a chair, a car seat. The baby was in her body. The baby was in her body. And was the impact was so bad. The baby was expelled from her body on impact. What kind of driving was this? What kind of driving was he doing that when they found them, she was no longer pregnant but was dead? And her body parts were in another place. So, here we are. This is the one time that I've heard that somebody got behind the wheel of a car drunk. And this was a heavy... Listen, to kill somebody is one thing. But when they rolled him, I guess for arraignment, they say that 
they rolled him in there because he was in a wheelchair. And I think a broken arm or something like that. So minutes before they took him into the courtroom, they told him what happened. They told him that your fiancé is dead and so is your baby. Is that some kind of wake-up call? I'm just done. <laughs> I'm just done. Is this is some kind of wake-up call to hear something like this. Some kind of wake-up call, y'all. Some kind of wake-up call. I, I was... I... I I was looking at some of the comments, and they were saying, sentence this man to a tour of high schools describing what happens when you drink and drive. Other people said, why even bother? He'll be out in four years. Somebody else said, the problem is they think they're indestructible. It's very true. Because, again, that's all we ever hear. All we ever hear is somebody got behind the wheel of a car, somebody's dead, somebody's maimed, somebody's hurt. Ain't never the driver. Well, this one is quite different. This one is quite different. Because he's going to remember this. Oh, he's going to remember this for the rest of his life. Let me say good morning to my pastor, Charlotte. Good morning, Pastor Charlotte. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you today, my darling? I am <laughs> well. Thank you. I'm well. How are you today? How are you today? Doing good. I woke up this morning thinking it was another day. I didn't think it was Tuesday. I thought it was Wednesday. <laughs> so that's well, 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 Pastor Charlotte. <laughs> now that we are... Now that uh, we we are on the right side of the fence, <laughs> we know what day it is. <laughs> you know we don't have such happy talk today. You know, and I re- I just realized I don't have a conversation. I don't have a topic for us to talk about for church folk. So, you know, I'm sure God is going to steer us into some direction today. But you know, we first talked about how blessed we are that we're not living in a country that it's legal, you know, for us to be sold. You know, um, this trafficking of children and, you know, things like that, women, some boys, you know, not just girls anymore. But, you know, how blessed are we to even not have to worry about, you know, something like this, and and we can't do anything about it. We talk about the government all the time. We talk about how the government fails us all the time, but Lord knows we don't have this kind of legal activity. Absolutely. We are truly blessed, and, you know, a lot of times we don't even thank God until it's close to us. Right. When things happen, you know, um, and where they're not only are they 
selling them, and they have these grown men sleeping with them, you know, and still killing them. So you're giving your kid away to death because that's what it really was because you said that she only um, she got married to the 40-year-old, well, be with the 40-year-old, and she dies, you know. That so night. how – I'm sorry? That night. Oh, oh, that same night. Oh, that same. They got um, married, and they got, and she died that night after he took her to bed. Yeah. Wow. And where's your mindset of you, just of your children? You know, I mean, I know that it's okay over there to do that. So I guess you know the mindset is this is what we do. But still, as a parent, so you making babies just to give them away we are thank you lord we are so grateful to where that where we are you know because when he was talking about it my first mind went to of just how when we think about sex trafficking over here right but it's not legal but people are doing it and i always thought about how do you just give your baby away so you just take make a baby just to give your baby away you know, just the mindset of the people and how, you know, knowing that those that do grow up, this is what you're going to do, just an ongoing process. So we are truly blessed. You know, we have to thank God for everything, you know, when it comes with our well, life period, but for our children, just covering them. So we should be very grateful, you know, because sometimes people listen to stories like this, and it doesn't bother them. But as a mom, you know, I'm like, wow, I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely, Pastor Charlene. We also talked about, you know, again, how many times have we had arguments with our children, even adult children, and, you know, we've seen these young children, in, you know, as the tail end of the year of 22, we started picking up more stories of these children who, you know, you couldn't get a toy. You know, mom told you no. You know, one one boy, you know, he pulled out, the, you know, uh, attacked the mother, shot at the mother because she asked him to clean his room, and he didn't want to clean his room. And here, again, we talked about the adult children who, do what they do to the parents, and now you have, they don't say her age, this woman. They don't say her, I don't see her age, but she attacked her 61-year-old father while he was sleeping and attacked the 19-year-old sister for intervening and, you know, hit him in the head with a hammer and stabbed him to death, you know, this is how we walk around with all this anger, and, and and this is how we take out things on people. And giving God thanks that it ain't us. This wasn't us. This wasn't us as the victim, Pastor Charlotte, and this wasn't us as the perpetrator. Absolutely. You know, when with this one, I thought of um, flashbacks, right? And have you ever been... I know that I've experienced this where that it could be a, a song or it could be a movie or 
somebody's in a situation and you thought that you have passed it right. and it triggered something, right? Right. And when it triggered it, it puts you in this, I don't want to say a dark place, but in this, um, your feelings start to, okay, <laughs> there. And with that, you have to truly fight your way back towards the good thoughts, back towards Jesus' thoughts, back towards because you you took care of the surface. And that's what I, I always say that a lot of times we're, okay, well, I've overcome that because I'm not around it, you know, and we deal with the surface, but we never go to the root of it. What's making me feel this way? Why didn't I let that go? Instead of dealing with it, we will just go like nothing happened because you're fighting it with yourself and where that you're not really turning it over to God and asking him to take that root out, you know, and where that I thought of for a person just to come and to do it, the flashback of something, was she dreaming, you know, because like you said, it's not giving so much, or did something happen before he went to sleep? You right. know, so you right. never know, you know, the mindset of where she was at and what had right. happened before, you know. Right. But those triggers that we continue to have that we have to truly ask God to take it away because that's the only way that we'll get through it. Because you do. Sometimes it'll make you want to, you know. I remember short, a quick, a, I don't know, story. This young lady, it was four of them, and they were sisters. And when I was a kid, they jumped me. They jumped me because it was light skin. I had long hair, how my mom dressed me, right? And they, And I remember when the teacher had approached them. We was in the schoolyard, and the teacher approached them. One of the sisters took a cigarette, and she burnt her, right? And so now they're jumping on the teachers, but now the kid runs into the school, you know, to get some people to come. And um, only two sisters went to the school. The other ones was older. And I've, years went by. I hadn't seen these, this young lady in a long time, the ringleader. I hadn't seen her in a long time. And one day I saw her sitting in the church. <laughs> I had went to wow. a service and she was the usher. Wow. And I felt I went back to that little kid. And when I went back to that little kid, all of those emotions had kicked up. This is years, years, years ago. And all these emotions had kicked up. Then I didn't see her no more. She had spoke. I spoke, mm-hmm, yeah, whatever, and kept going. And then I started seeing her constantly in different places. And then I still wanted to have that conversation to forgive her, but I never was able to have the words for us to say that I forgive you for what you had did to me, you know. Okay. And I still see time to time in the street we'll just be passing each other and we'll speak we embrace each other now and you know and moved on but just to show how deep it was in me and I always thought that I had got over it and I was grown had kids and this I had to be at least eight six eight something like that 
Wow, 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 wow. You know, well, you just gave us our topic. Thank you, Pastor Charlotte. Um, You know, when you go through these things and you hold on to this stuff for years and years and years, and like you said, you don't know whether it's done or not, whether you're over it or not, until you're presented with something. So we're coming back to that one. Thank you for our topic, Pastor Sharma. I appreciate you. Thank you, Kyle. All back. We're coming back to that story, too. Uh, let's say good morning to our Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor KL. Uh, good morning. Hallelujah. Jesus is the Lamb of God. You know what? <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, we just, you know, rub your head over there this morning. How are you, Pastor KL? I'm doing well. How are you, Pastor Seth? I am well, thank you. I'm well. We're going to skip over the first conversation. I believe you missed it, so we're not going to talk about that. But we are going to talk about this uh, conversation that Pastor Charlotte ended up talk extending and expanding, and we're happy for that because... I didn't realize I didn't have a topic this morning. But there's a woman who her father was sleeping in the house and she hit him in the head with a hammer and stabbed him to death while he was sleeping. The sister came in the room to try to intervene and she ended up stabbing the sister in her body, you know, different places on her body on her face and and on her hands. And, you know, we were talking before about, well, I brought up the fact that, you know, thank God that we were not left with that hatred for someone, that we could come back and have this type of, you know, thing happen to us. Thank God that we are not the victim, you know, laying there. We didn't tell our kids no, and how many times have we read last year that the children were standing over the parent, you know, or hurt the parent because they could not do what they wanted to do. So, you know, we say thank you to God for just covering us, and thank God that it wasn't us. Right, right, right. I mean, you know, this, this is kind of kind of touchy for me. You know, I, I believe in that. Thank God that, that these things haven't happened. But I, for me, I can't say, you know, thank God that I didn't hate you enough. You know, because I, I, had, a, I had a hatred for my father. You know, I was just scared to, to, to react on, on my hatred because it might not have went as well as I wanted it to go. You know, or, you know, God just saw a pitch. That, that that um you know I don't do anything at all. I hold my peace and let him fight my battle. But at that age, I didn't understand all that. So I I did have I did have a hatred, you know. But um in this situation, you don't know whether they got into an argument before he went to sleep, and if the argument was that deep, I wouldn't have went to sleep. You know? Okay. And, and then I'm trying. I'm trying to understand also how big was this young lady 
you know, and how old was this young lady that even when the 19-year-old came and tried to stop it, she got the best of her, too. So so yeah. she, she was really, really, she, she meant to do this. You know, he had, he had, for lack of a better word, pissed her off so bad that this was just the last straw of whatever the straw was. She right. didn't drink out this straw no more. So, so right. that was an issue for me. Right. And I, I think about, I think about that. You know, as we were talking, I'm like, well, you know, again, he's 61. The sister, well, he was 61. The sister was ni- is 19. So I, it doesn't say how old the the one who murdered the father. It doesn't say how old she is. But you you know, you don't know whether this was something that you know it has been festering, like you said, Pastor KL, since you know she was a child. And something happened back then, and this is her response now. You don't know whether this, like you, like you both have said, whether this was a current, you know, situation. And that's why I say, you know, giving God thanks that it wasn't us, because, you know, there are things that we've experienced, things that we've felt, things that we've gone through, that you you don't anticipate killing somebody. I, they, all of this stuff is not premeditated. You know, you don't know if she went out and something struck the nerve and like Pastor Charlotte said, you know, now she's going back in her, in the recesses of her memory and now she goes upstairs or she, you know, wakes up or, you know, she had a dream. We don't know. But what we do know is it happened. And it happened against a parent. So this has got to be something that really has, you know, this this is from the heart. Well, they always say that knife killings are definitely personal, definitely personal. Now you think about this man is asleep, you hit him in the head with a hammer. Every time I see stuff like that on TV, I just start rubbing my head because I can't even imagine, oh, my God, I can't even imagine Somebody hitting you in the head with a hammer and how you would feel. Because I know when we get a headache, how our head feels. And I'm like, oh, my God. Thank God he was sleeping. You know, I I, I don't know. But Pastor Charlene brought up something that was really, really uh, interesting, Pastor KL. And she's talked about things that happen. You know, sometimes you'll hear a song. And it'll change your whole mood. It happens to me. It happens to me. And it now we're not necessarily talking about a bad mood, but it can change your mood. Now we're going to talk about a bad mood. We're going to zero in on the bad side of it. And how many times has it reminded you of a of a bad relationship or you know somebody who did you wrong or <laughs> you know something like that? And now. You're walking in this level of hatred again or this level of animosity again. You know, what are we talking about when we talk about even Christian people having this experience? And I'll start with you, Pastor KL. You know, what we've given our life to the Lord, and man, that healing hasn't started, really started yet. You know what? It's funny you should say that because we 
most of the time, when we see, when we forget it, we we think that we, we've been healed. You know, we 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 think that that is all over, but not until we're reminded of that situation do mm-hmm. we realize that hey, we we're not as healed as we thought we were. You know right. What I mean? So that 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 that's the problem. A lot of times, a song or something someone says will bring you back to a place in your life. You know, what I mean? when I hear certain songs, I'm thinking about, oh man, I used to hear that song when I used to work and learn. And this is my third right. But but it's funny right. how something would trigger you all the way back that way. You know what I mean? As you said, a bad relationship. You know, or the one that got away. How about that? You know what I mean? If yeah. I would only get it right. I might have right. been with her. You, you know what I mean? So, so, and yes. here you are in a whole different relationship, and you're, 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 quote unquote, happy. But yet, it triggers. What happened if I would have stayed with, with, with Jane? I might not have had right. these children. I might have had some other children. You, you know what I mean? So, something yes. like that triggers you, and then, and then you have the ones who, you know, was the hellions in your life, and when, when that triggers, you just thank God that you out of this thing. You know, it could have it went another way. I, I could have been in jail. You know what I mean? She could have made me kill her. She could have been on, on, on an abortion commercial. You know what I mean? These things right. here could have really hurt you. It could really hurt you. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, Pastor Charlene, it was interesting that you said in, you saw her in church. And even in the church setting... Something didn't happen. Even in the church setting, something didn't kick in. And I want to talk about that for a little while. You know, again, like Pastor KL described, here we go down the line. And we think we're healed. Like you started off, Pastor Charlene, something will stimulate that memory. And I'll give you a little graphic um occurrence that took place with me. You know, I always tell y'all that, you know, I was I was a young person when uh when I was going through my level of abuse and I had to be at this time maybe about eighteen or nineteen years old. Still dealing with this person. And one day I was an adult full adult, many, many years, many, many years, many, many years later. I think I was in maybe my late 30s, and I heard a song, and I was like, oh, I remember that song, I remember that song, oh, and I'm, you know, I'm bopping to the song, and all of a sudden, I said, oh, okay, I remember that song, and I envisioned a male with a certain type of shoe. I don't even ask. This is how things come up. And I'm looking at this, the, 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 you know, I'm envisioning these shoes, and I'm saying to myself, I'm like, I know that shoe. I know that shoe. That shoe looks familiar. And the next thought was, oh, I remember that shoe. That's the shoe he kicked me with 
from Midtown Manhattan in my shin. I wouldn't do what he wanted me to do. I wouldn't say what he wanted me to say. He literally kicked me in my shin. Now, check this out. There was a, I had a girlfriend sitting next to me. And because he was kicking me, nobody saw. Because now the train is jam-packed. Nobody's looking. He's standing over me. I'm sitting down on the train. He's kick, he kicked me all the way home. All the way home in that one shin. And I, I and I said to myself, I was like, oh, my God. And I just, the tears just came. Here I am almost 40 years old, and I'm being, this flashback from the song, and I started bopping to the song. I was like, oh, I remember the hey, hey, popping my finger. And here we are, 39, so this was probably about 20, 20 years later, pretty much. And that one song brought just a, a trail backwards. And, again, like you both have said, we think we're healed. Because, see, we think because we've moved on and life has, you know, continued, quote, unquote, that we good. And this was a reminder that I wasn't good. And I was blown away by this. I was blown away by this. It really was disturbing to me because it was the real harsh reality that I wasn't as far along as I thought I was. So I said all of that to say to you, Pastor Shauna, here we are. We have given our life to the Lord. And this stuff still is happening. What are we talking about here? One, because a lot of times when things happen to us, right, we press it. And when I came to the Lord, I never laid it to him. So what we do is we just, like you said, we just continue to go on. We continue to think that the Lord has taken everything away. I'm not going to think about it. I, you know, I don't forgot about it. And then when that trigger came, it went into even with that forgiveness, right? Because um, a lot of times when things pop up, we will either shin it away, you know, just... I don't want to think about how deep it is because it'll make me feel some kind of way. But like you said, when that song came, it pulled up all that that was deep down where that root that I was talking about was. And when it lifts it up, now we have to deal with it. And then what's so crazy with it is that once that comes up, it's always something else. So now you have to go not only lay it to the Lord, but the forgiveness, right? And and then even forgiving ourselves for allowing it, because I think that we more beat ourselves up because we didn't say nothing, we didn't do nothing, we stayed there. And that was the piece that kept coming up. I didn't forgive her, and like I said, I never had the opportunity 
Well, at that time, I, I turned into rage. I, I was angry, all of those feelings the first time I saw. So as it went on, that was the piece that I knew that I needed to do where that we can just move on. But what I find is a lot of times in our moving on, even when you see that person and we spoke, but we never had the conversation of saying that I apologize. We never got to that, but we embraced each other and we moved on. But until mm-hmm. we deal with it, that right, you know. So sometimes, and even with that being said, sometimes we will embrace as it, you know, life goes on. We embrace each other. We might speak and see each other, but by you not being in the seeing that person all the time, we think still that is okay. Right, right. So like you, it's like you do it in pieces. You know what I mean? Like in pieces, okay. and it's okay. The more I saw her, like I said, I only seen her maybe three times since. And when I saw her, the ease had went away because I had to take it to God, and I went on. But we never apologized to each other. Okay, but okay. I had to put forgiveness in my heart for me. Right, because we know forgiveness is not for the other person; it's for yourself. So for right. me, could not feel that. And when I saw her, I didn't feel it anymore. Okay. I didn't feel it. Okay. I just moved. You know, we see each other. Hey, how you doing? God bless you. She'd be like, Hey, Pastor, how you doing? I said to myself, How you know I'm a pastor now? But that's okay though. But let's move on. Hey, Pastor. You keep on going. <laughs> Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. Uh, let's talk to Pastor Jeff. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. Good morning. Uh, how you doing over there? All right, and you? Good. I'm well, thank you. I'm well. You know, today we've stumbled upon the conversation of, you know, when we go through some level of emotional trauma. And we're walking around with this, you know, the story came from a woman who attacked her father, hit him in the head with a hammer, and stabbed him while and killed him while he was asleep. And the sister who tried to intervene, she ended up getting stabbed up too by this woman. And they never say why she attacked him. And we talked about the possibility of it could have happened, you know, some trauma when she was a child that she's been carrying around or a young adult she was carrying around. It could be something that happened right before he went to sleep. And, you know, then she comes back and she takes her revenge. And we it kind of moved into, you know, how we have these emotion, um, these occurrences in our childhood or our young adult life and we don't you know we think we healed but now down the line we realize a song plays or something like that and now that stimulates a memory and now it now all those feelings end up coming up and sometimes this is this is even after baptism you've given your life to the lord but yet at that point you find out that you still didn't you haven't forgiven that person. You still haven't healed. You know what, what? What do you have to say about that whole 
scenario? Well, first, I'd like to say trauma is definitely real. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I used to, you know, things that happened to me, I used to just, listen, if it ain't rough, it ain't right. You just keep it moving, keep it moving. And then I got older and all that stuff, you know, started to affect me. I'd run into people and and just, you know, be ready to choke them and remember what they did to me as a child and all kind of stuff. And that stuff just is rooted. It, it gets rooted. And even with Jesus, you know, you, there's stuff that you don't even know that's there until it comes to the surface. Uh-huh. That's what makes it dangerous. I, I watch these kids bully people in school, and I'm like, that's the wrong thing to do, you know, uh-huh. because you just uh-huh. really don't know where what people have on the inside, what what's happened to them, what they've been burying, you know. And then that mental illness, you know, on top of the trauma, it, they'll just snap one day, like she did. She snapped. I believe stuff did happen to her, and I believe she had some mental illness too to go along with it. Uh-huh. You know, and that's why she stands stands her dad up like that. Uh-huh. You know? She's an old. Uh-huh. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, Pastor Charlotte talked about the fact that you know she had been bullied in the schoolyard. And years, many years later, she saw Sister So-and-so ushering at the door. (laughs) Jesus. And, you know, when we're in church and this stuff comes up, you know, can we say that God even, you know, may have even orchestrated that for you to be in the church house, as they call it, you know, for you just to save that individual? <laughs> well, I, I I have a story that just really, you know, goes to it, but it's probably people will, you know, take my past and, and put it on my present, but there was a drug dealer in the neighborhood who had a girlfriend, and Every time I come out my house, he would tease me and, and slap me upside my head when I walk with my dog and call me banana head and, and just tease me in front of the neighbor and humiliated me. And I sat in my window as a kid and just looked at him and his, and his girlfriend, you know, and, and stuff just got in my heart. And later on when I became the man, you know, him and her got married. I ended up sleeping with the man's wife um, to get him back. He was still a big-time drug dealer, and I end up, you know, I guess, seducing her or whatever, and then I let him catch us. And I remember wow. him standing there, but at the, at the time that I was an officer, so I had a shield and a gun when he caught us, and he was a drug dealer, okay? And wow. I remember him okay. not, I remember him knocking on, on my, my, my house, you know, on my house door, telling her to come out. And I told her, going out there, you know, going out there to him, she was just like, what are you talking about? I love you. I love you. I said, I didn't love you. I did this for this. And I went on out there with my gun hanging, my shield from my neck, and him standing there. And I remember him, now, I won't say the name because everybody would know him from the neighborhood. He crying, and he said to me, he was just like, why? Why? And I told him why. I said, when I was a kid, you did this to me? And I planned to get you back, and, and I mean that that thing. Ten years I planned that thing, and I and I and you know it was in my heart, and I got him back 
And he turned around and said to me, one day you're going to get married and your wife's going to cheat on you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> gonna, this is going to happen to you. <laughs> but wow. I sort of hurt his eyes. I sort of hurt his eyes that I did to him. And I haven't even gotten over that trauma what I did to him now because, I, you know, I'm mad and I'm saved and I'm going to Lord. I was going to ask you that. Okay. I was going to yeah. ask you that. But, so, wait, 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 don't go no further. When you saw the pain, because you said he was standing there crying, so that's, that's pain by itself. When you saw how he was hurt, how, did you feel like, you know, okay, you know what, this is, I, I, I feel good at this point. No, I, I did for a minute, but to see this gangster who I watched grow up in a neighborhood who I know have killed people and did all kind of stuff to break down twice, twice me. I wasn't, I realized all the stuff I had on the inside and, and what I did, I realized it was wrong. It really affected me, but I didn't let him know it. I told him to get on out of here, you know what I'm saying, for, you know, for, okay. for I arrest you and shoot you. And take your wife with you, you know. It was more, but but I did I did that from the trauma that he caused in my life and the humiliation and embarrassment in front of the neighborhood, and I needed to embarrass him in front of the neighborhood because I let the whole neighborhood know, you know what happened. Because right. a lot of them were out when we were when we were out there screaming. Okay. So it, that trauma is that trauma is real, and we don't even realize, you know. The stuff that will harbor in our heart, you know, if we don't get right with the Lord. That's right. That that's time. right. You said something that was real interesting, and I want to make sure I caught it, um, uh, Pastor Jeff. You said now, you know, later, that now you have to get over the trauma that you caused someone else. Did you say something like that? Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, said it happened. She did the exact thing to me, and it, it came back. I remember, and I and I and, and knowing the pain that I had caused on on the guy, you know, it it just it affected me. But it only affected me after I gave my life to the Lord, and I and I started repenting for my stuff and let that stuff uh-huh. go. And my heart was soft enough uh-huh. to realize the pain that I've caused other people. Wow. I was hoping that's what you were saying, because I want to talk about that, you know, how, you know, we walk around and until, you know, God starts to deal with us and we, again, now we go back in the recesses of our memory and now mm, all this stuff is now coming up. Now, how do we deal with it? Pastor KL, you know, what are we talking about here when we have to now go back and, you know, little by little, God spills out all of the stuff that we've done. And now we have to go back and repent and we feeling bad and we're those memories and those feelings are all coming up now. Yeah. It, 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 it's difficult. It, it's really, really, really difficult. I mean, even, even, even with, with stuff that you haven't physically done, you know, I, I had to go back to my father because of the thoughts I had. You know, sometimes your your thoughts are even worse than what you can physically do because it haunts you to continue to think this over and over again. You know, I despise this man so much that every day I was conjuring up what I could have done. You know what I mean? What, what, what happened if he fell down? And, 
You know what I mean? And I, I did not get them up, but help them stay down. You know, so I, I think the stuff in your mind, you know, it haunts you even more than, than the stuff that, that you've done. And sometimes you have to repent, not sometimes, but, but all the time, you have to repent for even the things that you thought of. You know, what, what, what a man thinketh, so is he. So, so if, if you turn your life over to God, you know, you have, you have to get rid of, of, of everything that, that's not of God. So, yeah, it, 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 it can haunt you. Mm, Pastor Charlene. Yes, absolutely. Um, it made me think of, while y'all was just talking, that for my mom before she passed, that um, years, um, me and my mom was like all in, well, forever, me and my mom was like all in water. And I remember when I was, was I, because, I don't remember what, if I was coming a minister. I don't remember which title that I had at the time. I think when I was becoming an elder. And I had to face, God kept pressing for me to face my mother, for us to sit down and have a conversation, to ask, you know, for her forgiveness, for me to be able, for the stuff that was bedded in me, so deep that I needed to talk to her about my feelings. So when I called my mom to the house for us to have a conversation, she didn't want to deal with it. So I told her that she I just need you to listen. And so as I was pouring my heart out and apologizing, because, you know, y'all may not have known, you know, I was a little rough when I was a, a child. I'm sure y'all don't believe that. You know, y'all thought I was a really nice guy. No, not you, not you. No, no way. Yes, and I didn't talk back, you know. And I remember one of the things that, remember when we was kids and you and you get beat and they were seeing your room and you'd be like, I hate you. And, you know, you go through that whole thing, but they not supposed yeah. to hear you. But that shoe come around the corner, and I heard what you said. <laughs> so I had to go all the way back to that, even though she didn't want to deal with it. Oh, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to, you know. I said, but it's for me. I need to let it go. And then, um, so she didn't want to deal with it. I still apologize. She leaves my house. She, you know, she didn't want to talk about it. And then I remember right when my mom passed and I had to go into the room. And even though she was gone, I still went back to that little girl and went back to still trying to apologize because you never gave me the opportunity for us to be able for everything to be all right. And now you're not here. So I right, still right. dealt with that. And I still, like right now, I'm trying not to be emotional, um, still deal with that because she was so, didn't want to deal with it to where that I felt like I wasn't free with it. But God let me know that I was free with it. You know, even though she didn't want to deal with it, but I was able to deal with it. So I always say, even though when a person is gone, it's still for you to pour your heart out and give it to the Lord. And so this way you can be free with it. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, 
we're talking about a lot of stuff, a lot of dynamics here. And I always thank you all for being so open and candid because that's what's going to help people get delivered. And, you know, when you're, you know, as Pastor Jeff started talking about, you know, okay, so then I still got all of this going on. And, and as it's pouring out, as I'm growing in the Lord, and as, as, as you, Pastor Charlotte, said, as I'm increasing in position, you know, now things come to my realization, and now I got to make this right. How important is it, Pastor Jeff, that we make this right with the Lord when he brings it to our awareness? It's different. He says, listen, you know, in your time of ignorance, I winked at you. But now when this stuff starts coming up, how, you know, talk to our listeners. How important is it that that confession and repentance um, becomes in order for us to make it right with God. Well, I mean, it's it's very important because the thing is, you, you you're trying to walk right, and if it's if God brings it to your attention and your remembrance, it's because He wants to eradicate that. He wants to get that. You can't go you can't go past it until you deal with it. So it is very important for us to just. You know, go ahead and go through the process and let God, like, 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 you know, when you melt down gold and you're scooping the dirt off, get that dirt out of there so that you can flow, so that you can prosper, because all that stuff will hold you back. You Just think about it with that situation that I told you. If I didn't deal with that, I couldn't have the marriage I have now, because I would always, you know, the devil would use that and be like, well, yo, your your woman gonna cheat on you because that's what happened in my first marriage. The thing that I fed most happened because this guy planted it in me because I knew I did that to somebody. You understand? Mm. So I had to deal with that to have the blessed marriage that I have now. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I would have sabotaged this marriage myself. Right, right, you have right. To deal with it. You have to let the Lord right. deliver you. Wow, wow, wow. What what do you say to those who run from the pain of of the healing? You can't you can't run from yourself. You know? You you you're gonna you're gonna take it whichever place you go, so stop running. Deal with it. You know, that's what I would tell them. Stop running and deal with it. Because it has to get dealt with. And that's what most of us are doing. We're running to alcohol. We're running to weed. We constantly we're trying to pacify it, but it goes nowhere because you got to understand that, you know, we're, we're made out of dirt. The Greek word is human. It's dirt. Anything you sow into this dirt will grow if you don't kill it, you know, and, and if, you can't pacify it. Alcohol waters it. Weed waters it. It grows. Wow, wow, wow. And lastly, Pastor Jeff, you know, what what's the feeling? You just mentioned that your your current marriage is stronger because you allow God to deal with you and it. But what's what's the feel what's the feeling of relief we're talking? The feeling of relief? Um <laughs> I don't I don't really understand the question. Meaning, once you know, once you I, let all of that go, you know, it, 
takes a lot of energy to be mad and hateful. You know, oh, yeah. but once you oh, yeah. once you've given it to the Lord, and now He's lifted all of the the anger, the hurt, the pain, the animosity, the regrets. How 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 does it feel? You know, a lot of people figure, you know, I I can't let it go because you know if I let it go, you know. But to give them an idea of what that relief actually feels like when you get the peace of God. Well, I mean, it's like being in jail, and they let you out. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's indescribable after you've been confined so long, and then they release you. You know, it's like, wow. You know, my my feeling that I have, you know, is why, you know, I love the Lord so much, because after all I have done, he blessed me. Couldn't bless Amen. me. Until I until I let all that go, until all that got you know a lot of that got dealt with. Cause there's still some stuff that I you know that I deal with from my past. My wife be like, "Baby, let it go," you know, because the more my the softer my heart gets, and when I run into people that I've hurt, you know, especially women, you know, I, I try to apologize. I ran into one recently. She lives on the block. And I just got back to New York five years ago. As soon as I got back here, I went to the lady to try to apologize. And I said, listen, I realize what I've done, you know, in the past. I want you to forgive me. She starts screaming at me. We're going to call the cops, get away from my house. I hate you. And I've been going. She hasn't seen me in 30 years. And I realized she has never dealt with it, you know, 30 right. years. And she's been in a prison. And she just starts screaming as if it was yesterday. And I was just like, man, but ain't nothing I can do for it because all I can do is say sorry. Right, right, right. You know? Right, right, right. Wow, wow. Bringing up some good stuff, Pastor Jeff. Bringing up some good stuff. Pastor Charlene, you know, what are we talking about here? You know, we, we, we're we moving forward. We've given our lives to the Lord. You know, it, it, you, you, how, how are we telling people you know, to deal with the pain. How are we telling people how we feel after all of this has happened and we've allowed God to heal us? Well, I, I would say one of the things that you have to acknowledge that you are dealing with the issue because a lot of times, um, let me say myself, um, I felt that I was not wrong of my response of what I did or what I've said. Um, one thing about the Lord, he's going to continue to tap you on your shoulder. Um, he's going to show you things, even in a, a movie, in a story that you are commercial. He's going to have you see you um, in people, in different situations. So what you have to be able to do is to even though it's going to break you, allow him to break you, allow to deal with the situation, to allow him to do whatever God has to do. Um, most of the time, I did not want to see it, but he made it plain and simple. You can't go no further if you don't deal with this. You can't do, be able to minister to the people in this area 
if you don't deal with this. So what I had to do was continue to, my relief was to continue to, when he put it on my heart, to tell my testimony, to tell I was still struggling, to be able to, when someone will say that they are dealing with, this, I'll use you as their parents, I told my story. So for you to be able to go further, you have to be able to give God the yes um, and stand and being able to deal with it however you have to deal with the situation and to be able to know that God has you and for you to be able to grow in him and to be able to just deal with it, just deal with it. There's no escape. You're not going to escape from it because it's a reason that he's showing you because it's like a weight. And that's what it was for me. It was a weight. I wasn't able to flow the way that I should be flowing in the word, to be able to flow, you know, in my worship, to be able to flow because it was always like a bondage that was just holding me down. And you want to be free in God. You want to be free in God. You want him to be able to use you however that he needs to use you. Amen, 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 amen. Oh, Pastor KL, you know, what are we saying to the listeners today about the difference between when you were carrying all of this weight around with you and, you know, allowing God to deal with it and then how you feel afterwards, you know, the relief that only God can give you, the peace that only Jesus can give you. Well, well let's, let's, let's look at it this way. Let, let's look at it this way. So you wake up in the morning and you call. And you say, oh, man, I got a little, I must have slept wrong, I must have slept under the the window or what have you, and then you cough again. You know, you find yourself coughing all day, and then all of a sudden you say, you know what, I'm coming down with a cold. And, and you diagnose yourself as a cold. Now, two weeks later, you still have this cold. Now, at some point, you have to go to the doctor and find out what this thing really is. Now, sometimes, you know, in our emotions, we feel a certain way, but we say, oh, it's just a cold. I can get over this. This is not going to hinder me. But until you go to the doctor, until you prescribe that, that maybe you have COVID, maybe you have pneumonia, maybe you're going through some stuff that you went through back in your days that now you can't get rid of. So until you go to Dr. Jesus for the healing and for the deliverance, you can't get past the thing. A lot of us is walking around with cold and, and just self-diagnosing that, that it's just a cold. But these are things that, that have been embedded in us since, since childhood, some of the things that we've gone through since childhood, some things that we've gone through in relationships, some things that we've gone through as an adult. And because we won't go and, and really see about ourselves, we won't go and, and really acknowledge what this really is, we harbor this and we hold this, and we walk around with what we think is a cold and never get healed from it, never get delivered from it. But until you come to Jesus and say, Jesus, this is, this is what I'm dealing with. God, this is what I'm dealing with. You know, I want you to take this. So anything that's not like you, Lord, remove it right now. I'm coming to the doctor. 
the, the physicians of all physicians, the, the healer of all healers, I'm coming to you. It's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. I need you to move this out of my life right now. I no longer want to live with the cold. I no longer want to guess what I'm feeling and if I'm feeling this or should I be feeling this. Lord, I need you to move it right now. Wow. Amen. Amen. Uh, Pastor Steph. Yes. I'm sorry, Pastor Steph. I just wanted to say when, when Pastor Kale was talking, the vision that the Lord had showed me was if we take every situation that we're hanging on and take a rock and hold it and carry those rocks, everything that you could think of and what God shows you and you see the weight, and if you take it to the Lord and rock by rock, how the weights will be lifted up off of you, that you'll be able to know the freedom that we are talking about. Just like that song said, I am free. Thank, oh, thank God that I am free. No more bound, no more chains holding me. So when you look at a rock and your situation, carry that rock and you will see exactly the weight that we're talking about that you need to be free from. Just wanted to share what he showed me. Well, amen, amen. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, my pastoral team, you come through as always big time. Thank you so much for your openness, for your candidness, and we ask God to just bless you, and we pray that you have a blessed day. You as well. You as well. Amen. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Alrighty, wow. Mm, some kind of testimonies. Thank God. Thank God for the openness. Uh, let's hold hands and hold hearts and go before the Lord. Our God, I hope in ages past, I hope for years to come. Heavenly Father God, we come before you. As we rejoice this morning for the work that you just got finished doing, we're going to thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for the work that you're doing right now. And we're going to thank you, God, for the work that you will do. Thank you. How blessed it is for us to wake up and receive just an amazing experience just by listening, just by testifying, just by ministering. You have so much that you're offering us. We can't see what it is. We don't know when it's coming. We don't know the angle it's coming from. You're just an awesome God in all your ways. And we say thank you. Again, as I always say, God, thank you for the investment. That all we have to do is be obedient and we will be healed. I remember, God, you saying to me, those who listen to this broadcast will be healed. But they must do exactly as they're told and they must be consistent. And I'm watching, I'm watching your perfect work get done 
in our lives, God, even in the due time cruise life, God, even as we talk about these things that we've gone through, God, that it's it's healing. It's healing for the soul. And we thank you, God, that, you know, you have just raised up your spirit in us, that even if we didn't want to talk about these things, there are people out here that need to be delivered. There's people out here that need to be saved. There's people out here that need to understand that you can bring them through anything. It doesn't matter what they've gone through, that you're just that kind of God, that there is nothing too hard for you to do. There's nothing too small that you would, wouldn't be, you know, concerned with. There's nothing that you wouldn't do to relieve us from the burdens, the hurt, and the pain. And we thank you, Father, because you continually, I mean, you look beyond our faults and find our needs. Pastor Jeff said, you know, people might look at me a little different and bring it up to my pat. Nah, we ain't got no time to be doing that. We have no time. We have no time to be concentrating on anything other than taking what is given to us day in and day out and using it for your glory in our life. That you have us here sharing so that the world gets to see how great, big, one and wonderful you are. Thank you, God. We lift up, you know, all the families involved in the stories that we talked about. You know, the man who recklessly drove and no longer has a fiancé or a child. We ask you, God, to deal with her family. Heal their hearts, God. Because such tragedy like this would definitely be a major challenge to get past. We ask you, God, to be with the the sister of the perpetrator who was hurt. We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to just be with her as she's healing, the family members as they're healing. We're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to be with the perpetrators. Whatever it was that made her stab her father, hit him in the head. We ask you, God, to give her that perfect healing, that she would even understand what it is that made her do what she did. We ask you, Heavenly Father, that this experience in this man's life would be so great that he would not just not drink and drive anymore, but he would walk around and let people understand what he's done and how it's changed his life and other people's lives to live so recklessly and that even that that one person in the room wake up rethink the things that they do we ask you God to just bless him and that you order his steps and no, he's going to be in jail, so he's not going to be able to put his foot on this concrete. But there are a whole lot of other inmates where he can bless as he tells his story. We ask you to be with the due time crew, God. Bless each and every one of them as they pour out their heart and spirit. Their egos get put on the side. We thank you. Thank you so much. 
for just loving us and helping us even heal right now. We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to be with the listeners, that they would also just surrender their lives to you, all that hurt, all that pain, all that confusion, and lay it on the altar so that they can be healed and feel better and feel the peace that your word says only Jesus can give. This world knows nothing about that peace, but that, but that, but that one level of peace can be a blessing. In the name of Jesus, we give you thanks, glory, and honor. So rightly do your name. Amen. Hmm. Wow. You know, I'm going to talk to you about a level of peace. You know, I remember, you know, we have been separated. Same person I'm talking about. I'm not changing individuals because there's a point I'm trying to make here. For many years, it was about easily, you know, past the 20 years of what I was talking about, the time I remembered, and I remember speaking and saying, we need to talk, because I just learned about forgiveness in a different way, and I was like, okay, you know, I have to forgive this person, and some of you have heard this story before. Is I have to forgive this individual. And I was like, okay, well, I have to sit with him in order to, you know, forgive him. You know, once once we talk and he says, I'm sorry, then I can forgive him. And when he said he wouldn't meet me, I was, I mean, I was furious. I was like, what do you mean you're not going to meet me? You owe me an apology. I'm saying this part to myself. I didn't say that part. I said, what do you mean you're not going to meet me? He's like, no, I'm not going to meet you. I don't, I, I don't. And I said, listen, you ain't got to worry about us being in no closed-up place because I don't know you like that. <laughs> I need to be in the open. And he refused to meet me. And I, I remember I, I had to talk, to talk on my job, and I remember just being messed up that whole day because I was like, man, if I don't forgive him, then I can't make it into the kingdom. And I was like, oh, I can't believe he wouldn't meet me. And that thing bothered me, bothered me. And it had to be maybe about a few days later, a week, no more than a week. I was minding my business, as I always say. And the Lord said to me, he said, if you never get that apology, you still must forgive him. And I was walking, just walking from one room to the next. And I remember stopping. And I was like, oh. And he said, remember my son on the cross. And all I saw was Jesus on the cross with his arms outstretched. And I heard him say, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. And I was like, wow. I have to, okay, okay. You know, I thought about even while they were killing him, they were they were actively in the process of killing him. He was actually, he had forgiven them and was asking God to forgive them. 
And I was blown away by that because I never thought of it like that. All I thought was you have to apologize and then I'm I'm willing to forgive you because at that point I, there was no malice. Even when I remembered, when I told you I, I remembered from the song, it was no malice. It was still no malice. It wasn't like I was like I hated him or anything like that. It just hurt all over again. And all I thought was I need to get through this pain, um, you know. And I didn't even realize that God had not. I mean, God that that God had already dealt with me. And I remember the peace that I felt once I realized that I had to forgive this person, and I did. Because, again, it wasn't a real issue for me because I didn't walk around with hatred. I had a child that I would have to be concerned about how she interacted and how she dealt with her father. So it was like that was the furthest thing from my mind, I didn't, and I literally didn't feel anything. So when God gave me that, it was nothing for me to accept and once I did, there was this level of, I mean, I just felt like I was like floating, floating. I felt so much lighter because I understood the proper, the process the proper way. And I never stopped thanking God for that experience because it it just took me down a road of just watching how God dealt with so many other issues. And I remember one time, and I think I said this on the broadcast here before, I was like, I was so upset because I was going through something and I was like, I'm just tired. Every time I turn around, I'm always forgiving somebody. And it, again, I'm not talking to God. I'm just talking out loud. And the Lord said, I made you that way. And I was like, wow. He literally said, I made you that way. And I understood because how could I lead people? How could I be on here with you if I had an issue of forgiveness, if I had an issue with forgiveness? Give God all of that weight and you will never feel the same again. Feel that, feel that freedom that we're talking about. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will always serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to just strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to us. Until tomorrow. When it's Wow Wednesday, God spare our life. I love you.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.